For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 398 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Oh man, buddy. We're already here at the end of Mando season three. It went by so quick. So quick. I know it's, you know, essentially been two months since it started, but damn, it's already over. It's hard to think. It's hard to believe. Especially when we got used to there being like, well, not used, but the last show we had had 12 fucking episodes in it, you know? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I'm excited to talk about the finale with you. Uh, we, we even, we hung out and played a little fork knife last night. Didn't talk about the finale once. We're saving it. We saved nope. it. Nope. Saving it. Yep. So listen, guys, what you guys should do is go to blueharvest.rocks or myweirdfoot.com for all your Blue Harvest needs. You'll find links to everything. Our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, twitch.tv slash blueharvestpod, where I've been streaming like crazy lately. You should come hang out. It's a good time. Um, and uh, also all kinds of other things. Merch store. Uh, you can. There's a link to send us an email if you, or a voice message if you want to. Uh, all kinds of things right there at either of those URLs. And of course you'll find a link to our Patreon. Uh, that way, if you want to support us directly, it's super easy. You can do it for as little as $3 a month at patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast and get access to all of our bonus shows and stuff that are there on the Patreon. Um, Including immediate Mando reactions, Hall's calls, cooking with Will. Oh no, it's Hall solo. Blue Harvest Adventures, Podula Rasa, uh, Masters of Harvest Cossies. It goes on and on and on till the break of dawn. At Patreon.com/slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Thanks to everybody who is a patron. You guys are the best. Um, <clears throat> speaking of the Twitch, so Will and I will be live streaming our 400th episode on Thursday. May the 4th at 9.30 Central Time. 
which will be 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. Any other time zones behind besides that, you guys are going to have to do the math because I'm not good at it. Um, and that'll be on the Twitch channel, and you guys can come hang out. We'll be talking about the second volume of uh, Visions, which releases that day, which will be fun. I'm sure we'll be very excited for that. Might have some guests stop by. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send the invites out. Just see who want, who wants to come hang for a little bit. 400 episodes of Blue Harvest on our eight-year anniversary, May the fourth. Uh, May the fourth, 2023. I just got distracted by a Discord notification, Will, because. Somebody responded to a thread in the Discord with can't wait. And then I got super fucking paranoid that they could hear us recording. Oh, my goodness. But you thought was... they were responding. Yeah. Real time. Yeah. I was like, recording. oh, my God. It really fucked with my head there for a second. Um, but, yeah, you guys should come hang out with us. And also, uh, next Wednesday, April. Shit. What day is that? April the 26th at 8 30 central 9 30 eastern 6 30 pacific steve and i will be doing a live stream as well for episode 100 of the high potion podcast so that look at there two events you guys could come hang out with us at and have a good old time so i think that's all the business buddy i had a little extra business you know we got a live stream business got to get the information right. out there yeah. <laughs> so buddy what have uh, what have you been up to today how's your week been Week's been okay. okay. Um, just taking care of the kids. And the wife uh, switched back to the night schedule uh, mm. for a couple weeks. So, um, just you know, taking care of three kids, I hanging out. Liam has uh, Liam's granddad has gotten into. Uh, he had an old PS3, and he finally hooked it up and got some games. So him and his granddad have been playing ps3 games wait a second is this the granddad i think it is or is it a different grand is it your mom's husband uh, can you not hear me anymore oh i was just asking is it your mom's husband that had the ps3 mm. <laughs> you can't hear me again so what I was asking, is that your mom's husband that had the PS3? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. cannot believe he had a PS3. Yeah, yeah. They, okay, so at their storage unit where they stored their stuff, there was a, apparently a family who's laughed, either laughed on their payment or something happened and all their stuff got put out at the the trash canister and it was a bunch of stuff like it was like a, a high chair and um like a little kid's rocking chair and a ps3 and some oh, games okay. and some other i just stuff. couldn't like, i so. could not imagine that guy playing P playstation games that's why i asked i was he, blown uh, away he has been foreign to it but he's he's taking to it a little bit he used to be a computer game guy back in the desk, you know, the oh. Windows ninety five, Windows two thousands days. I gotcha. Okay, and has not gamed since. Okay, so okay. He is uh, a relic. Hmm. That's crazy. 
What but Liam got into the Skylanders. Oh, that's what I was going to um, ask. What have they been playing on that PS3? He got the little Skylander reader and a handful of the little Skylander characters because you know at the at the at the local game exchange place, like they got every they got every old system, you know, and yeah. all the old bullshit, and they got all those little Skylanders in a bin, you know, buy one get one free. Yeah, I was like, about to say they got to be like selling those <laughs> for pennies on the dollar at this point. Oh, I'm sure they're like ten bucks more or less a piece, you know. Man, Skylanders, that whole g- toys into games phenomenon burned brightly it, for a couple. And everyone of years. did it. Yep. The Wii, the Nintendo had like the Amiibo, and uh, Disney had their own one, which and... I really liked. I liked collecting all those little Star Wars, Disney yep. Infinity characters. Yeah. Marvel did one, didn't they? Or were they in the Disney one? No, they were in the Disney Infinity. And then Lego did one that had a bunch of weird oh, licenses. Right. It had like Back to the Future and all kinds of Ghostbusters, I think. And then um, the last one, the one I thought was the coolest was, what was that shit called? Was it Starlink? And this, I mean, this poor fucking game came out like well after um oh no like towards the end right yeah it was called starlink this this game was in development yeah when when the fad was yeah and it still came out and i actually have some of these this is how cool i thought it was right so starlink was like almost like a no man's sky type of game yeah finding planets mining minerals right but and well i think it was maybe a little more combat based but what you did Right. right was you bought the ships like the starter pack would come with a ship, right? Right. And any, like it had all these, you see there, all those extra weapons and shit. When you clipped yeah. those onto the ship, they'd show up in the game. So you could do all the oh, different. different you customize yeah, your ship. Yeah, and pilots and everything. And like the Nintendo, this is the one I got because the Nintendo version, the the starter that pack looks like came. Star Fox. It is. It came with the R-Wing from Star Fox. Oh, oh, there it is. I see it. I see it says Star Fox over there. Yeah. Um, and that was, it was really That's cool. And it, cool. And it worked pretty well. And like it, the game was actually pretty fun, but that thing was doomed to fail the minute it started because that was a dead technology at the time. Oh my goodness. Already. That's yeah. a flash in the pan. And really the only one that's managed to kick a uh, stick around is Amiibo. Nintendo still does Amiibos. They don't do them as well, often or in the same volume as I they mean, used to. That's kind of Nintendo's deal is preserving their niche brand through quality content for years. Yeah, and you know, honestly, um, the Amiibo are are good a good bit different because it's not like, you know, there was a specific game, right? They kind of just did different things for different nintendo games right and like at the end of the day even if you don't uh use them in game or you know with games that they're compatible with you still got like a a cool little nintendo character statue but they did they ended up doing some wild ones in amiibo because of all the smash brother stuff smash brother stuff so they did like you know cloud and sephiroth from smash brother and smash brothers and shit they did a bunch um and they still got them coming out Leave it to Nintendo to be like, well, we're not going to go full in on the toys as a game concept, but we're going to go in and we're going to stick with it. Okay. I wonder how many of those have been made at this point. Whew. 
I don't know, man. Amiibo. 195. That's impressive. 195 different Amiibo. Man, if that's your thing, and you've been like an Amiibo collector since the beginning, you've got quite a collection at this point. Um, so, besides Nintendo and Skylanders and Disney Infinity and Starlink, <laughs> we got the Mando Season 3 finale this week. Um, yeah, we did. And boy, did it feel like it could possibly be the last episode of that series ever, huh, huh Will? It did. It did have a cap on it like that could be the end of Mandalorian. Yeah, it, it's so crazy. It felt like the end of the series, like the ending of it. Do you um, know I like that, though? I do like it. I really liked it because it felt like the season had an end. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there was kind of an, a, a finality to like, okay, they are finally safe somewhere to be a family and they are a family mm-hmm. together. You know, the, the main bad guy is handled. Right. <coughs> you yeah. Know, whatever thing comes up next. And I like how Din Djarin dances around it with the, Re- the Republic, the new Republic pilot. Mm-hmm. I like that. That was pretty good. I, um, you know what else I ended up really liking and sort of respecting was the fact that, there was no crazy holy shit so and so showed up or surprise character reveal like they kind of right. just let the story rest on the main characters of the story right um, now and, and I, you could claim that Bo-Katan did some of that lifting but she is the princess of the Mandalorians well and she's she is a she's, integral part of this storyline of this season right like, you don't do exactly. this yeah right like you can't do it without her. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you really like, need to ground it if you're going to use her moving forward. So, like, and I think, I, I don't think she overpowered Din Djarin. Like, Din Djarin had no, I a think lot they, of character development and beats and progressions alongside of Bo-Katan. It was really like a, a like a, I, again, a team effort. Like, yeah. And, and I really enjoyed they, the season and the way that it that rolled out. The They, you know, established or, or clarified during celebration that the title The Mandalorian no longer just refers to Din. It's multiple characters it refers to. And clearly in this right. season, that was definitely the case. The main one being Bo-Katan. And then, like, you know, I love Mandalorian season two. Right. Like, I think it gave us so much cool shit. Obviously, Boba Fett coming back, Ahsoka, Luke. Like, you know, there was a lot of those holy shit, somebody we know moments, right? So I also see why you would expect something like that this season or specifically in the finale. Um, And and I say this as someone who would have lost their goddamn mind if Boba Fett showed up. But by the time we're in the last episode of the season and it's a 38 minute episode like what could they have actually done with Boba Fett f- besides just him show up to show up right like it couldn't have been well, anything think, meaningful right i think they did it they kind of did it this season but it was uh a couple episodes ago with like the celebrity cameo gasm like 
Yeah, just, that's definitely different. I mean, it's definitely yeah, it sticks out right it because did, they're so recognizable. Right, it did kind of blow you away, like you weren't, you didn't see them coming, and you're right. like, oh, they're they're in this. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't a major character. No, know, and like I mean, a, you know, like we got Zeb or so. Yeah, right. We got Zeb yeah. in live action, fairly short, but it was like a nice moment, and they pulled it off. Short and really sweet. Well. You yeah. don't want it too long. Um. So yeah, I mean, I you know obviously <clears throat> we're going to be getting a lot of that in the next show, Ahsoka, when it comes out. But it's all mainly like we know it's coming, right? We're getting Thrawn, we're getting live action Hera and Sabine. Um, who knows? Maybe like a live action Captain Rex. You know, possibly it, it would be very possible. Um, so yeah, it's it's not like there's going to be a lack of that coming up, which even more makes me feel like way to go guys and not leaning into that for this finale, because like I said, the finale didn't need it. And, and anybody that would have been thrown in at this case would have felt like it would have been sort of lame. They wouldn't have had a whole lot to do other than maybe just participate in the big battle. And that would have been cool. Right. But like, yeah, I think so- it was a smart move. I think it allowed the Mandalorians to all of them really to stand on their own. Yeah. And it made you know really the sacrifice of Pax Vizsla so much more, I don't know, poignant and sad. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> um I'm glad that they didn't kill Bo-Katan's lieutenant because I thought he was headed for oh, dude, uh, uh, a sacrificial. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, wow. They they actually somehow, because that, that guy had zero fucking lines in, Z, in season two when he first showed oh, up. Oh, I know. And he's been talking his damn head off all season this season. Yeah. And, I, and every time I'd be like, all right, you smarmy bastard. Fucking chill out. Like, who cares if she doesn't have the dark saber? But yeah. then in those moments when he was, you know, about to crash the cruiser into the planet, I was like, damn, they're actually making me a little sad. This guy's about to go yeah. off. Yeah, I was like, oh, badass. Mr. Badass is being badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's loyal to Bo-Katan. Like, I was like, oh, this guy's firing on all cylinders on the moment. He's going to eat it. Like, this guy's being a paragon Mandalorian. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way he's not going out in a blaze of glory. And then when he got away, I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad that this guy got away. I need to see him kick more ass. Uh, yeah, Bo Katan. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, that shit was cool. I, you know, I really can't believe we didn't get any Boba. Like, you know, I always joked, right, that they should give Boba Fett two episodes in this season of Mandalorian to make up for Rick. yeah but obviously i never really expected that to happen i did expect him to show up now after last week i was like yeah he's not showing up i knew he wasn't yeah they weren't just going to throw him in for the final battle it seemed possible but i was you know yeah um now he also didn't have to send out a plea for help you know like right he had the mandalorians there to help him yeah accomplish his goal he didn't have to you know make the avenger call yeah, well, they still did his ass dirty in his own goddamn series, and I'm I'm this telling you, this is also true. Uh, I'm maybe that's you. why. Maybe 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 Favreau caught so much flack about you know, oh, I not doubt having it. Boba Fett in the Boba Bruh. Fett show that uh, no, I they think, were like, you know what? Why don't we ice Boba Fett until the movie? 
I'm telling you right now, the general consensus when those two episodes happened were, holy shit, it's Mando. Holy shit, it's Luke and Ahsoka and Grogu. It wasn't like, hey man, isn't that a little weird that Boba Fett was... I, I mean sort of the overall consensus. Obviously, I've been to- tooting that horn for over a year now. Um, mm-hmm. But what can you do? I, I just, it's, it's the fucking curse of being a Boba Fett fan. I had to I had to live through yeah, the right. Boba Fett years when everybody was like the only people that like Boba Fett are dumb bros and I was like hey that stings a little bit here yeah, guys like Jeez. the Boba Fett lovers got hate because they were like they're not even smart enough to get the Force they would like a Jedi <laughs> if they understood well was it even I, I mean that might have been part of it but it's just. <clears throat> That was that was the trash talk about the Boba Fett fans. Like, well, he doesn't was... he doesn't even do anything in the original trilogy. I know, but he yeah. looks cool. He looks cool, and he makes a he's badass a, action he's figure. He's a bad guy. Mm, from a po- certain point of view, man was doing a job. He was hired to do. You know what? This is not a Boba Fett po- cop podcast. We got to get back to the finale. Um, it can be. Well, most of the time it is. So let's uh, let's try to stay focused on this one as most as much as the possible. The other Mandalorian. The uh, let's focus on the people modeled after who? Um, Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. All these people talking about oh oh, it's so it's so cool that the Mandalorian came in say, and you know, stole two episodes from Boba the Fett. Original Mandalore. Yeah. Well, you know who there would there wouldn't. Will you are getting me fired up? We got to get back to the Mando talk. <laughs> Bro, you knew the buttons to push. You knew the buttons to push on that one, man. I, I, you, you have groomed me as a Boba Fett fan, so I know. uh, Can we use a different term? Can we use a different (laughs) term, bro? That's a term that's either used for when you take your dog in to get a bath, or when you are about to get arrested by the FBI. (laughs) Right? Let's. I, I have helped you appreciate Boba Fett over our years of friendship. There we go. Um, that sounds worse. That's worse. <laughs> no, That's how's worse. that worse than Groot? That ain't it's worse. Just, <sighs> okay, all right, settle down, Halls. Let's get back to the finale. <laughs> um, uh, I got to say, use the knee rockets, which Boba Fett has, which are <clears throat> chick ass. Love the knee rockets. So you know, always like to see that. Uh, now listen, <clears throat> this episode was like super heavy on action it's fair to say like 80 percent of this episode was super heavy yeah but and listen like if action isn't your thing and you're there for like the character moments and and stuff like that that's fine the action in this was really fucking cool though man like a immediately when you got to see the tie interceptors launching like how they like flew at the ground and then took off real quick loved it loved it so there were so many scenes in this and they were short and I get cause it's like a series, but like they look so good. I kept thinking, Ooh, this shot was good. I bet it was expensive. Dude, Ooh, it, this shot looks real good. I bet it was expensive. Like you I know, thought that several times as, as someone who like at one point in his life wanted to do, com, you know, computer animation and CG. Right. Um, I always pay attention to that kind of stuff. Right. And, with a few slight exceptions this season, most of it has been really top-notch. In this episode, there were a couple of shots of, like, the Mandos and the Imperials flying around with their jetpacks that were a little goofy-looking. Overall, though, that shit was really good. The space stuff in this episode was incredible. 
Mm-hmm. Um, my like, and and I only have a a, a a handful of small nitpicky complaints about the finale. One of them being, I would have liked to see some of those Mandalorian gauntlet fighters tee off against the interceptors and um, bombers because mostly that whole space battle between the interceptors was with the cruiser, right? Because they all jetpack down in that scene, bro, when they all abandoned the cruiser and jetpacked down and got in the gauntlet fighters. Sick, sick. Yeah. Yeah. Did they even need to do that? Could they have just, you know, jetpacked their happy asses down to the surface? Probably, but it wouldn't have looked as cool. No. Um, I will say this, um, for as much as he was kind of in the background, I kind of it was, I don't know, just kind of expecting more Giancarlo Esposito. Like it kind yeah, of seemed like dude. He, he flashed and burned bright, you know, when he was on screen, nailed it, you know, killing his performances. I understand why you wouldn't want it to be longer. You've got a lot more story to tell. But there was just something about his performance that was so brief, uh, so good, but so brief. I just kind of was left thinking, oh, that's it. Oh, he's, so, he's done, done. Like, yeah, I, well, so this is the thing. Like, it's, I don't know if it was a scheduling thing or a budget thing, you know, or what. But they clearly, you know, they had him signed on for two episodes, right? The last two. right? And it, it, I do feel it's overall a disservice to the season. Like, I, I really think, and I was talking to our buddy Robbo about this last night. Um, and we kind of both had this same thought, like, it would have almost the fact that we didn't see his escape, but ridiculous, right? Yeah, like, right. And, and you could almost imagine the start of the season being the raid on that shuttle, right. To yeah. rescue Moff Gideon. And what if they like filmed it in a way where you could tell it was armored individuals that may vaguely look Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Like, um, what if it just never showed you the culprit? Like the first, that's what I'm was saying. Shot in a way that, like, what, you could tell it was some armored individuals. You see maybe their gauntlets, their boots, their silhouettes, but you don't see a full look at them, right? Right. And so the whole time you're like, holy shit, what Mandalorians would rescue Moff Gideon? And then like you could you you would have had this whole what I think would have been a fun process of everybody speculating like, Oh, maybe it was this group of Mandalorians or maybe it was the armorer or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then the reveal that, you know, Moff Gideon had been making his own Beskar armor and outfitting his own troops and shit. Like that would have been interesting, but we didn't get that. And, and it would have given us more time with him as the character and with the actor, which I do think was sorely missing this season because It does. You're right. It feels uneven that even though they mention him in several episodes leading up to it, he just shows up in the last two episodes and then dies. Right. Right. Um, Just compared to his screen time in the previous season and how menacing and how he chewed the screen, you know, like really ate up. You know, his time on screen, like, yeah, I was expecting some more of that. I'm really a fan of his work. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's he I know he's a busy dude. He made like. I think he's been doing a lot of shit like lately. Like I think that man's been very busy. He's oh, in he certainly a has new been. project every time I turn around. He's yeah, in, like Kaleidoscope on Netflix. I was like, when the fuck did he shoot this? Like this man is doing everything. 
Yeah, no, I mean, like, obviously, you know, I think he, he's been at it for a long time, but, you know, in, in sort of brighter pop, or wider, broader pop culture, um, recognition. Is that all the cons? Breaking Bad, you know, like, I think Breaking Bad really, um, propelled him, and then he was like in Better Call Saul, the the spinoff. He was in Mandalorian. He's in The Boys. He's got whatever that show is on Netflix. He's got some new show coming out on AMC that he's the star of. The dude works, right? Yeah. But it still would have been nicer to have him. I don't need him the whole season. No. Like I said, let us see him escape at the beginning. Have him show up in a scene somewhere in the middle, and then you know the last two episodes. That would have been fine. Uh, Let him, you could have shown him in the room icing the doctor, right? Cause like, or I in was, a hologram, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought the, I thought the doctor was going to come back, like maybe a little messed up in the head and like be like a little crazy mad scientist-y, but they, they straight ice that guy. Well, he could still, he could he still could. show up later. Dr. Pershing. You know, I mean the dude, the dude's been in an episode a season or whatever, <laughs> you know, like yeah. now clearly right i think if you if you take all the context clues from the second to last episode where moff gideon was arguing with the shadow council and being like a little cagey about what his cloning experience experiments were it seems to me like the reason he wanted to have pershing's mind wiped was so like hux and project necromancer couldn't get their their hands on the research right Right, because, so they couldn't do what he did. Right, or, or you know, complete their plan, which is clearly Palpatine, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, dude, when I have never seen a more obvious jump scare in a show than the, the Moff Gideon's in the pickle jars. When he like they're looking at the face and you always, every time. Oh, yeah, and the eyes go wide. Yep, the eyes open up. This man... He was talking about isolating the force and adding it to his clones like it was an RPG level up tree. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like this man said, copy paste, mm-hmm. copy copy forced genes, mm-hmm. paste them into these clones. Like he's rolling a and D character sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't don't stat force. Yeah, and and what's what's so interesting is, so it does seem like well. I say does seem like, even though I don't know for sure, right? It does seem like there is going to be a fourth season of The Mandalorian, right? Oh, absolutely. Now, obviously, we've got to set up for what at least will be the story that kicks off the fourth season. It'll be Din, you know, out and about doing bounty missions for the New Republic on a case-by-case basis. He's an independent contractor. There may be a time jump. What if they time jump? They could. That's uh, I think that's also possible. Um, but you know, I think that season will ju- or that story will just be whatever the springing board is for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say it seems like there's a season four coming is because at um, uh, celebration, John Favreau said he's already written the fourth season. Right. Mm-hmm. Well. Okay, so yeah, we can just take that man at his on face value that statement. Okay, he's written the fourth season. There's going to be a fourth season. That man gets a little loosey goosey sometimes, right? Like, 
Well, just because he's written it doesn't mean they've shot it. Well, I mean, they would. It, 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 like if if it's meant to be the fourth season of Mandalorian, they're absolutely gonna they're ex- absolutely gonna shoot it. It's the most popular Star Wars related Disney Plus thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. But what I was trying to say is the man gets a little loosey goosey with his de- definitions. Like, so I don't know if you remember, like. You remember when, like, for a week or two, they were keeping Book of Boba Fett secret? Like, they announced all the shows, right? And and he was like, yeah, the next chapter in the Mandalorian saga comes out in December next year, right? So mm-hmm. the way he said that makes it feel like, oh, that's Mando season three, turned out to be Book of Boba Fett, right? Mm-hmm. So when he says he's written a fourth season, yeah, he could mean, yeah, I've got a fourth season of the Mandalorian written. Or it could be another spinoff show. It could be, who knows, right, right. with this dude. Um, now, I am kind of surprised that there hasn't, granted, it's only been a day since it's come out, right? Um, but I'm surprised there hasn't been a statement or something clarifying, like, yes, we're doing a fourth season of The Mandalorian or whatever, right? Um, right. But it's only been a day. <clears throat> I've been seeing people talking about how the next show is going to be the book of Bo-Katan. I would watch that. Oh, are you kidding me? All day. I mean, and I could see how it kind of makes some sense, right? Because clearly, at least for the start of it, uh, Din, you know, the next chapter of his story is going to be separated from Mandalore. He has to go and take his apprentice out on adventures, right? Yeah, his journey or what his quest. Or yeah, um... But you would still want to know, like, well, what's going on in Mandalore? What's old Bo-Katan and all those? Skinny Pete, what's Skinny Pete up to? You could get a little, yeah. you could get a season out of, you know, rebuilding Mandalore. You got to figure, right, that even though he was butting heads with the rest of the Shadow Council, you got to figure the Imperial remnants aren't going to be super stoked about Moth Gideon dying, right? Um, right. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe they had a big Shadow Council party afterwards. Yeah, maybe it's one less rogue to worry about. Now, Hux I, is definitely the guy that's doing Hux is is a good, not approximation, but like it's good. It's in the family of Domino Gleason. Well, it's his brother. Is it his brother? I did not know that. Yeah, that's his brother playing his dad. Well, that's it's good. It's hey, really Domo, it's your dad. <laughs> um, now. Another thing I've seen people sort of tossing around since the finale is, oh, well, maybe that wasn't all of the Moff Gideon clones. Maybe that one survived or something, and we'll see him. Listen, I love Giancarlo Esposito. Don't do that. Do not bring a Moff Gideon clone in as the villain of season four. Don't do that. Don't Come on, don't do that. I would have given you like 15 bucks. Um... I just hope they they avoid that. We'll see. Um so what I one thing I really liked like the action scenes so you know we already talked about the, the more special effects heavy action scenes but like the fight choreography in this episode also very on really point. Good. Yeah. Really really good. I really liked that Metal Gear Solid ass part where Din was going in between the the energy fences and only fighting two of those 
troopers at a time and trying to like yeah scavenge or or hold on to weapons because he didn't have his gear i thought yeah. that shit was real cool lots of knife it combat was sick. lots of knife combat mm -hmm. it was awesome are you kidding me yeah and then watch him fight everybody else that's armored it was the fight career after that's done really well mm -hmm. and then when din Djarin had to fight um moff gideon who's in the mechanized suit mm -hmm. he's fighting like he's fighting droid armored dude. Yeah. Like yeah. that guy was in like an Iron Man suit. Like essentially, right? Like it was very clear that not only was it Beskar, but it also had, you know, reinforcement. Like robot. He had robot. Yeah. Wait, get somebody get me the Moff Gideon robot pants, please. Moff Gideon robot yeah. pants right here, please. Jeez. I didn't even think about it until just now. That's how much I was thinking about this episode. Didn't even cross the man's got robot pants. You know I've been he dying for a got, pair of good robot pants. He got the whole suit. Mm -hmm. He got the ten-piece suit or however many pieces yeah, he it did. comes with. Um, and I loved like that. The three central characters, Grogu, Din, and Bo, all participated in the final battle. And like I thought, the way that they they passed off different moments so first it starts off it's just din and moff gideon then grogu shows up and the praetorians go to chase grogu and then bo katan shows up and then din go you know what i mean like how they changed between the two different locations a few times yeah um, and like the watching way go ahead yeah i was gonna say watching din and grogu fight together and like grogu using the force like in, yep. during that whole melee combat, that was a really satisfying, also very well done choreography and, and cinematography, especially with a puppet. Like that's what I was well going to say done, is they didn't, on board, you yeah, know? they didn't, they could have gone real goofy with Grogu's participation in this final battle, right? They mm -hmm. could have gotten real goofy real quick. It didn't though. Like they, they stayed fairly reserved and had had him use brief, brief quick shots. Yep. Yeah. Instances of like classic force powers, force pulls, uh -huh. force pushes. That's what you need, right? Quick jumps, hops, you yep. know, dashes, nothing, but nothing like superhuman, nothing mm -hmm. like Jedi master level. And then like, man, the fact that like part of me is definitely bummed, right? That the dark saber is destroyed. Cause I've always yeah, thought right. it's so cool. It's a Mandalorian lightsaber, the, the history behind it, all that. But I also think like it really lines up with sort of the, the overall story slash message of this season, which is that if Mandalore is going to continue, then they un need to unite. They need to change, right? Like to rebuild and forge anew. Mm -hmm. Like they don't need to follow this concept of well whoever's got this special sword is our ruler you know what i mean yeah. like that's yeah pretty <clears throat> archaic yeah they need to move on from that and sort of the the symbolism of destroying the dark saber for that story beat like makes a lot of sense and it's very appropriate very appropriate. also instantly makes me think oh well okay so grogu set up to be the mandalorian with force sensitivity so He's going to get probably the crystal from the dark saber and Grogu will have the black blade lightsaber in whatever form he ends up, you know, making yeah. his own saber. Could be, could be for sure. Now that's listen, like he ain't even old enough to talk 
right, and take the creed. So it's going to be a while before we see that man's using a lightsaber. Of course. You know. But, but I was just thinking, like, of the wreckage, probably the, you know, of, of the wreckage of the saber. The saber wasn't obliterated. It looked like the crystal could still be intact in there. Yeah. That's, that's the most important part. The, the you got to figure, like, a, a kyber crystal's got some density, some integrity to it that just can't be crushed by old fucking robot fist Moff Gideon, you know? Yeah, and it was in a safe housing full of lightsaber metal or, you know, whatever the hell. or whatever the hell, capacitors. Um, now, I'll say this. When, when the big fireball happened and, and Grogu saved them, my first thought is, damn, I bet you old Kanan... Well, Kanan Jarrus wishes that he had that control over the force like that, cuz. That would have saved his eyes. Right? Yeah, well, it would have saved his ass. That's how he dies, is in oh, a big explosion like that. He, he holds it back so the rest of the crew can escape. He does the real hero type shit, right? But I got you. Um, now, listen, I do think it's a little silly that at the end, right, we get to see Ragnar baptized in the, the living waters. I thought that was cool. Yes. And then is that his name, Ragnar? Yeah. I forgot that. Ragnar Vizla. Ragnar Vizla. That's cool as shit. And then I think it's a little silly that that Din is like, hey, uh, I'm he I want him to to be a Mandalorian. And she's like, Well, he can't speak the creed. Okay, that's fine. And then what what do you mean you're gonna adopt him, bro? What have you been doing the last three seasons? He's your kid. We know this. <laughs> right. Granted, I'm right. sure it's like a Mandalorian formality, right? Like, it's an official. It's like making your adoption papers official. I can only imagine for an orphan, you know, like right, right. It's real important to have a family and like to make it legit. No, I totally get that. And a creed yeah, involved. Like that's a big deal. Um, I just thought daddy, it was daddy. funny. Like for all, like for three seasons now, everybody's been referring to Din Djarin as Grogu's dad, right? Right, and right. then. Um, now we got to be like, oh, well, let's make it official. They now, made it Facebook official. I'm not even going to get into it because I've, I've, I've got into it a couple of times and people just, and I get it. It's crazy. Why the hell is his name Din Grogu? Like, Din is, Din is. It, In some cultures, the family name comes first. Like Chinese, Fa Mulan. The family, um, well, the family the name family would be Jarn. No. Yeah. So you mean Clearly to tell not me Mandalorian? Well, you mean that? Okay. So hold up, hold up. Then why is little fella's name Ragnar Vizla? You mean to tell True. me Paz Vizla's name is Vizla? Huh? The House of Catan, Bo Catan. Crees. Crees. Is there her name's Bo Catan Crees? Bo Catan Crees. Mm-mm. I, and I, listen, House you want to know what the the answer to that question is? Din Grogu. Sounds a lot better. Is a lot easier to say than Grogu Jaren. Grogu Jaren. Right. Think about it. Yeah. If for the next however many years we have to talk about that little dude as Grogu Jaren, I'm hanging up the podcast and microphone because you know my mumble mouth self isn't going to be able to say that. D Grogu Jaren, get out of here. Get out of here. You know, part of me thinks maybe it's a surname. For one that was a foundling, you Could know, be. like maybe it's a designation, you know, kind now, of like a. I did think it was kind of interesting when she was like, "Now you need to take him on his adventures, like your teacher took you." Yeah. Oh, that's some backstory I want to know about. What was Din Djarin's? Who I'm assuming it was 
the armorer? Was it the armorer? Yeah. Or was it not? Was it some other kick-ass character that we don't know about, you know? Could have been anybody. Mm -hmm. She has what seems like the closest bond to him. Right, yeah. It kind of seems like it would be her. Like, kind of seems like the rest of the covert doesn't give two fucks about him. That she's the only one that cares about Din Djarin, but well, yeah, those motherfuckers keep getting wiped out too. It's fresh blood all the time. They don't have time to make a bond before the Imperials show up and wipe them out. Or next thing you know, her and Paz Vizsla are hanging out in space. It's weird. Well, the way is to get you know be lone gunman out there in the universe bounty hunting. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, man, uh, that's some backstory. I'm sure we'll get eventually. You know comics books or something but i want to know all about what that was like what, what went if on he's going back to being a bounty hunter mm-hmm. um do you think he's gonna build another razor crest with like a carbonite freezing chamber he he's good buddy he's got to do something besides the n1 that's one that's a one seater right two if you got the grogu bubble like yeah he's gonna have to have another vehicle he's got to get a minivan or something SUV at the very least. Uh, extended cab truck. <laughs> I don't know that it'll be a Razor Crest, but he does, you're right. He needs a better vehicle. That N1 Starfighter ain't going to cut it. You bring one. Yeah. What are you going to do? Strap him to the hood? Yeah. Like, trying, like you're trying to move a mattress in a Toyota Corolla? Hmm. <laughs> The big old carbonite block sh- strapped to the front. <clears throat> All right, buddy. Let's um, let's hear from some of our friends because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of thoughts about the finale, and we'll see where it takes us. How's that sound? Sounds good. send in an email or voicemail it's very easy to do blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com before i jump into the emails will i do want to take a second um i did a um i did a stream on my twitch unboxing a obi-wan kenobi saber that eric struthers built and sent to me oh Um, shit 
and uh, he had a bunch of our friends uh, chip in on it to sort of finance it. So I just want to, you know, I'm going to go through the list real quick. I did it on stream, but just want to make sure I give a proper thanks, you know. Um, of course. Sean Hoffman, Sal Perales, Randy Logutache, Andy Bell, Matthew Thurban, Steele Saunders, Kimberly Sterling, Araj Dolashahi, Aaron Boyd, Corey Pulp, K K Terry Fitzgerald, Kevin Thrasher, Luke Cruiser, David Strutt, Tom Chansky, Jared Yaw, Catherine Neen, Jeff Barr, Emily Lynn, James Herbert, Rick Villanueva, Ash Ali, Ed Bosshart, Brittany Brown, Josh Chapman, and Jonathan Grasso. So listen, guys, thanks. There's some good people in there. I mean, I, you know what I said on stream? and, and, and I, Every single one of them. It stands true to this moment right now. That's some of my favorite people in this world, plus Luke Cruiser. Uh. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Luke. <laughs> I don't know if he saw that joke on the. It's a good. It's a good joke. It's it, but it is. We just don't need joke. no kind of motivators mm -hmm. like that around here. Um, I appreciate you guys. Like clearly, I have been struggling for well over a year now. The cancer stuff has been brutal, and that's not the only thing that's been going on. That's been brutal. So I really appreciate you, all you guys' support. This kind of thing, like, really means the world to me. I am very awkward at receiving such a nice gift. So just know that like, I appreciate you guys. I won't forget it. And uh, Will, I don't know if I've shown you this about the saber yet. So these, these fucking sabers are way fucking fancier than anything I've ever seen, right? They got all these different settings, right? Um, and different colors, right? Different shades of blue. Uh, That's cool. And so this thing's loaded up with all kinds of different settings and, and shades. And then... It's just bad these days. Eric Struthers threw in this. Where it's the he? next one. Oh. All right, so that that's my goofy ass. And then when I ignite the saber, it says... Cheese! And when, <laughs> when I turn it off, it goes... Oh. Bro. That's good. That's quality. Bro, that's quite clever. The amount of times I've just picked so I have been just carrying this around with me all day since I unboxed it. All day every day. I, I had to spend some time showing it off in a staff meeting at work the other day. Um and the amount of times I've just turned it on to do that goofy sheesh sheesh is a little ridiculous. That's all I'll say. So, let's hear from our buddy Tom Chansky, who was on that list. The king of all Toms. King of all Toms. Old pleasant head ass King Tom. Let's do this. <laughs> hey there, Hawes and Will. Uh, already kind of heard what Hawes thought about Mandalorian finale, and I'm looking forward to hearing, you know, what Will thought and what you guys think together about it. Uh, overall, I liked it. I had a, um, a question. And another question, so I guess two questions. One really about the finale, the Darksaber. It's kind of crushed, not working. Luckily, they have someone who excels at making armor, weapons, other things. Do you think the armor is going to reforge the Darksaber? Uh, at first, I thought so, because, you know, she makes weapons. But then I had, a, had the thought, what if Bo decides to go another way and they take the kyber crystal and do something else with it like a force pike or a, um, 
like a light whip or light light pike, not force pike, um, light whip, you know, something else, something like that, just to kind of change the ways, I guess. Would you be okay with that? And if so, are there any type of, you know, uh, kyber crystal powered weapon, energy weapons that you'd want to see? Uh, my second question, not necessarily about the Mandalorian, um, I'm, I was very surprised that we didn't get a post or end credit scene kind of to bridge uh, the gap to Ahsoka. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm fine with the way it ended, and I'm just surprised. When we see Ahsoka in August, when do you think it's going to take place? Is it going to take place, you know, before the Mandalorian, during, or, or after? Uh, because even though we've already <coughs> seen Ahsoka in the Mandalorian, I think there's a lot of storytelling space they can tell. Um, oh yeah, they, they're probably going to have, they, maybe they'll have flashbacks because they have that scene of the ship coming in on Lothal. And I'd have to imagine that happened already. So I'm just hoping that they'd fill in some of that storytelling gap, you know, how she came back and when she met Luke, when she met Sabine again. What do you guys think? Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast. I'll talk to you later. Oh man, you know what I've already seen people speculating about the the Kyber crystal from the Dark Saber is What's that, that you remember in the Last Jedi, Snoke has a a big ring with a a black crystal in it. Mm -hmm. People, sorry, have been speculating like, oh, they're gonna turn that into a ring, and then Snoke's gonna get it somehow. Now, oh. in the Visual Dictionary, they said it was like obsidian mined from beneath vader's castle on mustafar or something right obviously mm -hmm. they could change that but i don't think that's going to be its ultimate fate it would be kind of neat if they'd made like a star wars ring of power with a, a kyber crystal at some point though. that or if grogu through his you know unorthodox training as a mandalorian may find a different use for the kyber crystal like yeah what if he uses it to throw like hadoukens or Lord you know, Kamehameha's, oh, you know, or course. some shit like that. Well, it could. Could be. There's Uses definitely been some anime a... influence on Star Wars in more recent is, uh, years, you know? Yeah. Um, Uses it as an implement, like a wand or a crystal ball or a, a staff, like wizard-like. I was also very surprised that there wasn't an after credit sequence. Like, I certainly don't think it needed yeah. it. <clears throat> But Not also, yeah. also kind of led to that feeling of like, damn, this could be the last episode of this series in a lot of ways, right? Dude, um, the fade, the circular fade. Weird. You know. <laughs> weird. Odd, but um, very Western. That's, That's true. a real That's Western true. trope. That's and very true. And dude's got his feet propped up on the porch, kids uh -huh. playing in the pond. He might as well have been playing a banjo. A dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee. Um, Carbon space soap with a vibra knife. I, you know, I could have seen like a, a just because I thought this scene in the second to last episode was so cool, like one additional Shadow Council scene as the post credits where they, you know, essentially are just going over the fact that Moff Gideon lost, he died, and then you know sizzle the coming of Thrawn. Right mm -hmm. now, as far as Ahsoka's ah Ahsoka's concerned. I kind of feel like it's going to start pre um, season three of Mando. It might start like f maybe from the moment we last saw her in Book of Boba Fett season two cover like, f you know, because I think 
in the trailer when you see her meeting Sabine on Lothal, and you know they're they're clearly going off to to find Ezra. Yeah. I think we'll yeah. see that scene play out in real time, not necessarily a flashback. Right. <clears throat> um, I also think you know meeting Luke. That's kind of a big one. You know, of all the of all the series for young Luke to be in, you know, obviously Mandalorian with Grogu, but Ahsoka, that's a big one, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and just to find out that they know each other, you know, that is, I would love to see them. And like, and I know, you know, there's been pushback, you know, and, and I definitely understand where people are coming from, like with the Luke stuff. Right. Um, but, but they've already met, like yeah. it's already happened. Like, so you can't, you can try to put it out of your head cannon if you want, but Quite clearly, Ahsoka and Luke know each other. No, I have had conversations with you know. I do think it would be cool to see some more Luke Ahsoka stuff. Like if they did want to, like even start the series before they meet and sort of show that moment. Like it can take. There's nothing saying that they can't take some time jumps within the the first season of Ahsoka either. You know. I'm wondering how they're going to. Are they just going to hit the ground running with Ahsoka? And just gonna grow with her, or is there gonna be some sort of primer, some sort of? That is a good question. I don't know, right? Because some sort of introduction to the character of Ahsoka and her background, if in a way that's yeah, I don't introductory, know introductory. I guess. I mean, because you really got to think, like, for you know, I, in, I don't mean this is a slight against the animated stuff. The the live action stuff gets more viewers, right? So there's a lot of people to introduce, you know, people people to that might not have watched the animated stuff besides just Ahsoka, Sabine, right? Hera, Chopper. Um, and, and obviously we've gotten, those people would have gotten uh, introduced to Ahsoka, you know, in, in Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. But I, I do think that they will probably do i don't think it'll be like a okay kids listen here's everything you need to know i think like if it's written well and and paced well they can slowly unravel that for viewers that may not be as familiar right um Mm -hmm. because yeah i mean she's a super important character and has like some ties to some very important shit in the galaxy so i i do think clarifying that for you know the normies might be somewhat necessary. Um, all right. So, uh, listen, guys, I'm going to get through as many of these as I can. Uh, it, you guys got lots to say. I love you guys. And, and anything else, we'll, we'll knock out next week before episode 400, I promise. Uh, we got an email from my mom. Uh, hello, Halls and Will. I just got done, finished, finished watching the season finale, and boy, it did not disappoint. I think by far this is my favorite episode. It had me on the edge of my seat the whole time. Surely there will be a season four because I think there's a lot more stories to be told. Love the podcast. Love you both. Mama Burkhart. Oh, thanks, Mom. Love you too. Um, Your mom is such a treasure. She is. So, yeah, I mean, there's clearly more stories to be told. I think there's going to be at least one more season of The Mandalorian. You know, if... Because there was this story going around last week... Um, and this wasn't like an official quote from Celebration or anything. It was some sort of, you know, one of these insider guys. It may have even been the first guy or the guy that was, in, uh, you know, reporting on the Damon Lindelof movie, which, you know, we now know is the Ray movie, right? Um, and he mentioned that, you know, that movie is 
the one that's coming out in 2025. That's when it's slated to be released. And that they wanted to follow it up with Dave Filoni's movie the next year, which would be 2026, right? Now, there's an Avatar set to come out that December, so it's not going to come out in December. They may try Star Wars in a different spring or summer release again. I can't see them doing like the Ray movie in December 2025 and then the Dave Filoni movie in like May 2026, kind of like they did with The Last Jedi and Solo. I don't think they're going to try that again just yet. They might down, down the line, but I think they're still a little burnt from that whole Solo thing. But if that's the case, let's say hypothetically, regardless of when it releases in 2026, the Dave Filoni movie is going to come out in three years. That's limited seasons of these shows that can exist before that movie comes out, which is supposedly going to be sort of wrapping up the whole deal, right? Mm -hmm. So at most, one more season of Mandalorian, right? That man, if they started filming a fourth season of Mandalorian, like at the end of next year, it's not going to be ready until potentially the end of next year. Or if they started filming at the end of this year, it's not going to be ready till the end of next year, right? They take about a year from when they start filming. It probably wouldn't even be released at the end of next year because Andor season two is going to start in August and it's going to be. 12 episodes long that's three months so yeah uh, you'd probably be looking at 2025 for the next season of mando and if the movie's coming out a year later you're not getting a fifth season of mando you see what i'm saying like i do now granted they could say okay well the day falooning movie is coming out in 2027 that reconfigures everything you could get maybe two more seasons um all right so this next one is um from our buddy Vinny the mandalorian some of these have follow-ups so i'm, I'm trying to get the two-parters knocked out you see what i'm doing here will i do let's see what Vinny has to say ah! whoa anyways um hey what's up and will it's your boy Vinny the mill mandalorian um coming off hot from that stellar episode of the mandalorian chapter 23 um rest in peace to our boy paz our big our big big boy that big boy just wanted to be the best mando and in the end he was covering his brothers and his sisters his vod if you will um I'm real messed up and torn apart by this episode. Just how it ended. What a fantastic way to like bring the plot to the forefront. Like it was there from episode one and whatnot. And everyone was like, where's the plot going? But hey, this episode just brings it right to the forefront. Right into our hearts. <sighs> just got to keep breathing on and uh, just hope for the best. And uh Wishing Boba Fett will make a cameo, oh, hopefully coming in to protect little Grogu. Well, not so little now that he's riding IG-12. Anyways, y'all, fantastic episode, and uh, talk to you later. Bye. Man. Wait, question. Okay. Uh, that's right. Uh, do you think Boba Fett will show up? Anyways, later, y'all. Hold on. So, I wish. Uh, so, Vinny, I really wish he'd show up in the finale next week. 
but I don't think he will. That's my prediction. Now, now people think I'm really smart. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that, and if I remember to do it correctly, I'm going to go edit it into last week's episode. Last like, week's, yeah, like my own little George Lucas special edition. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, people be like, yeah. "Halls is so smart. He knows his Star Wars," and when reality, nope, not me, not us. It is funny, like thinking back about how annoyed I would get with Paz Vizsla throughout this series. Cause like he starts yeah. off, he's a dick to Mando. So immediately I'm like, Hey, yeah. don't be a dick to him. And then yeah. there's the scene on Navarro when the Mandalorian homies help Mando and Grogu escape. And he does the fucking Iron Man salute. And I'm like, okay, he's a good guy. Cool. I like him now. He's the big boy. I already kind of was going to like him anyway. And then he shows yeah. up in book of Boba Fett. He's a dick again. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then, He's a dick all the way up until the birds episode this season. And I'm like, okay, they're cool again. And then they kill him off. Um, so we got a follow-up from Vinny for this week. So you guys remember last week when Vinny called in and he was real upset about Paz Vizza? He's We've got a sequel. He sent us a follow-up. Let's listen to that. Boy, you remember that last week, Will? When I was like, yeah, I, uh, I don't think Boba Fett will show up. And he, he totally didn't. I was right. What's up, Paws and Will? It's me, Vinny the Mandalorian, uh, with the follow-up to my previous voicemail. Uh, but I'll get to that later. But first, I want to preface this uh, voicemail with a... Sheesh! What a fantastic way to finish Season 3 of The Mandalorian. The Mandalorians have reclaimed Mandalore. The game board's reset. We finally get that happy ending I've always wanted, and... Woo, I'm just waiting for that next season. And that movie. Holy moly. Anyways, y'all. My question this week is... Do you think Boba Fett's gonna be Ragnar's dad? Uh, anyways, y'all. Uh, happy 420 uh, to you and yours. Uh, peace and love to everybody out there. And uh, ignite the green, y'all. All right, bye. Holy shit, I didn't even realize that was today, Will. It's just been another Thursday. What am I doing? Should have been celebrating. That's what I should have been doing. Damn. Really dropping the ball there, buddy. Um, <clears throat> so, oh. um, now, Boba Fett adopting Ragnar, that, that's, that's a story I can get behind. I don't know how they make it work. You know, maybe Boba Fett feel, hears about the retake in a Mandalore, and he's like, shit, I've always wanted to see it. I'm going to go check it out. See where my old dad is from? And they're like, hey, this kid needs a dad. What do you feel about, what do you, what do you think about that? It's like, all right, but well, that kid's taking his helmet off. We Trust me. I take that thing off any time I get. Did you guys see the book <laughs> of Boba Fett? Barely wore it, you know? So, anyway, <laughs> um, man needs a paycheck. No, no, they, you don't. Yeah, you you have the the treasure that is Tamora Morrison. You let him shine. You know what I mean. You don't do it for the check. Yeah, he, you should, you let that man shine. Nah, he didn't do it for the check. Did you ever see him peacocking around at Star Wars Celebration last year? No, uh, man. Oh, this, maybe I didn't. Maybe I don't think that. This man was having the time of his life. Um, let me see if I can find it. I know he's got a rock and roll band, right? Uh, not so much a rock and roll band. He's got a pretty fucking decent uh, album of covers on Spotify, though. Oh, nice. Okay, let me get to the... the, the... Jin Sung, the big thing for Boba Fett 
Wave your hand around to make him. Can you uh, hear him? Because yeah, I had I can to go in the back to tank and they were going to see this half of my body. So I had to do some bench press and some curls. Need to go back to. I love this. you personally bring to your approach. Hold on. Where's he going to do it? I think I made all that up on the. It's been the most. This. The because I'm going to. Oh, here he goes. Look at, watch him, man. Okay. You'll know the song. Okay. I love this one. Watch, here he goes. Let me just get rid of it. Day after day, I'm more confused. Yet I look for the light through the pouring rain. You know that it's a game that I hate to lose. I'm feeling the shame. And in a shame, oh, give me the people as and free my soul. Wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. and free my soul get lost in your god dang it i love timora morrison man he's a cool dude he was like man my i just got a whole ass series called the book of boba fett i rode uh, uh a rancor uh, i'm an animal lover i am this is my moment to shine he said i'm holding on to this lightning mm -hmm. good for him man good for him I got to say, Disney's good about like being like, hey, some of those prequel actors, we should maybe we should get them back because it would make sense, right? Um, and I'll, you know, those actors are like, you know, they could recast everybody. You know, they don't understand their importance. You know, no, oh, they certainly oh. could. They could have been like, nah, let's get somebody else to play Boba Fett, but they didn't. Yeah, and I'll always be thankful for that. Tomorrow Morrison was like, I'm surprised they didn't get The Rock to do it. Because I'll like, tell you, oh, 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 if they did here. The Rock, I'm out of here. I'm out, bro. I am out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm hanging up the podcast and microphone. I'm, <laughs> he said, star what? I'm turning the fucking, I'm, I'm turning the oven on full blast and sticking my head in there. <laughs> night, night, bro. Good night. <laughs> roasted, roasted Hall's head for Thanksgiving this year. I'm out, bro. Nuh-uh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not this boy's P2. Can't smell what Boba Flex is just cooking. I, I am not. Oof, I do not like that idea. I will say <laughs> this. <clears throat> when I, if I get to go to a celebration in the future and Timur Morrison is there, I'm most likely going to break my no picture rule. You know, like if I, if I meet one of these folks at celebration, I always just get them to sign a picture. I don't do like the photo op. Because anytime I've ever right. taken a picture with someone from Star Wars or whatever it may be, I always look at it and I go, you look real fucking dumb, Halls. Why would you do that? <laughs> like, I've got a picture with... I with, can imagine taking a picture of a celebrity as, like, hard not... If you're super excited, it's hard not to look like your mouth breathing. Well, and <laughs> not just that, buddy. I have a picture with, uh, with like, Peter Mayhew. Bro, I look dumb as hell. I've got a picture with the the dude that played Xander from Buffy. Real dumb. Jason Mewes. Stupid. Like every time the picture comes out and I'm like, shouldn't have done that. I think you're just harsh. I think you're too harsh on yourself. Well, that may be the case, but historically I don't do the photo op. I think I would have to do it for Timor Morrison. I think I'd have to. 
and Definitely. just Gotta embrace the stupid. You know, just embrace the stupid. You know, the one person I didn't take a picture with was Jeremy Bullock. Because by that point, I was always like, you look dumb in these pictures. <laughs> that's my inner. Mo- that's what my inner monologue sounds like. Why you look so stupid in that picture? Um. All right, let's keep going. We got too many fucking emails and shit for me to be new boot goofing like this. We got an email from our buddy Josh. We haven't heard from him in a little while. He says, what is up, my buddies? It's been a really long time. Matter of fact, 32320 to be exact. Look, just wanted to catch up with y'all. A lot has went on since I last talked to y'all. I lost my job of 12 years back in 2020. Shit, that sucks. Oh, no. And last year, me and my wife went through a separation and divorce. Shit, that sucks. Oh, no. So it's been a little crazy, but I'm back and I've missed you guys for sure. Got to watch all four days of celebration, and I absolutely cannot wait till Ahsoka. I have a lot to catch up on, but can't wait to do that and listen to my favorite Star Wars podcast while doing so. Sorry, I've been Hermit Luke all this time, but I'm back, and I'll make sure to keep in touch. Thanks for what y'all do and can't express enough how awesome it feels to be back getting to know my favorite franchise again. May the Force be with you. Josh, a.k.a. Billy Bob. Well, thanks, buddy. I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, man. You know, you had to take a little break. Understandable. Now you're back. Now you're back. Um, we got an email. Stronger than ever. Back and stronger than ever. Uh, we got one from Sizzle Dizzle. He says, Ni hao, Halls and Will. I recently read a Lucasfilm or Disney bigwig say something like, The Mandalorian title now refers to the group of people rather than solely Din Jarden. Dar- Jin- Din Jar- See? Thank God they didn't name him Grogu Jarden. This Collider Collider article criticizes that approach, arguing that the story is taken away from the lead like the creatives did, dirtily to Halls, in the Book of Boba Fett. Seems like Bo-Katan has played an increasingly central role in this season. She saw the Mythosaur. The armorer asked her to remove her helmet, and Din returned the Darksaber to her. Meanwhile, her primary lead seems to be preparing an exit, sharing insights with Grogu and Bo-Katan that can aid them in their quest to walk the reimagined way. Do you think Bo could replace Din as the lead, or the series could at least expand who the title references? So should we detach a little from Din being our sole or even primary protagonist? Thanks for all your cock-a-duty speculating and fabu gaming. Halls' streams have been especially meaningful as I was going through a real lonely period over the last few months, and can't thank you enough for making warm spaces for weirdos like me to feel welcomed. For a world without clickbait, sizzle-dizzle. Well, sizzle-buddy. That's why I started streaming, because I was feeling mad lonely. So you're helping me just as much coming and hanging out, buddy, and I appreciate it. I'm glad I could help. My goofy shit. It's just a cool time with cool folks. Yeah, man. It's just a nice laid-back time. There's jokes. There's laughs. Nobody takes the shit too seriously. It's laid back. We just like hanging out, having some laughs. Twitch.tv slash Blue Harvest Pod. So, obviously, he sent this before the finale. I think... You know, I think the the finale definitely sort of cemented Din Djarin's place in this season. It didn't focus on him as much as previous seasons, and and I think it did serve the story well to focus more on Bo-Katan. You know, I've always said that I didn't think Din was going to be like the next quote-unquote ruler of Mandalore, right? He was clearly not interested in it from the moment he got the Darksaber. Um, so, you know, I think going forward... You know, if there is a season four, I think Din will be a central character. 
I'm still not convinced they're not going to do like a Bo-Katan spinoff. Or maybe, you know, a season four of The Mandalorian will be split between their two stories. Obviously, they'll find a way to interact at some point. Maybe her story is what the movie's mostly about. Oh, I think I think that movie is going to have a lot of stories. You know what I mean? And I think it's going to... Oh, I, I think the biggest one is going to be the Thrawn stuff that they're going to introduce in Ahsoka. I really do think he's going to be the big bad of the, the movie. Um, but I have a feeling Thrawn's going to have his eyes on Mandalore, so that's how they're going to get tangled in and all that stuff and all all ai luke is certainly going to be in that movie that's uh, for, uh, sure, for sure <laughs> there might even be a ai han solo and leia like ai luke and the dude that looks like him like they use all of it right yeah it's oh yeah they're gonna they're gonna be doing all kinds of fancy tricks all right next up we got one from utah <coughs> utah dougie, utah, dougie. Awesome. Well, this is Dougie. Just calling in with all the cool excitement and news and announcements, and, uh, locations, all the stuff is just super exciting to be a Star Wars fan right now. But I got to thinking with the Bad Batch season three being the final um, season that I'm aware of, could be wrong, but um, what if at the end of that, maybe we get like a Mandalorian season four and then the title card at the end of that credit scene is Book of Boba Fett Volume Two Alpha and Omega. Oh. What are your thoughts? Peace. <clears throat> hey, if if the reason they're they're not announcing a book of Boba Fett volume two is because they're holding off because they want to use Omega. That's cool. Unfortunately, I think they're not they're not announcing it because they're not doing it. Because <laughs> we would they would have announced it by now. They had a whole ass celebration. If a book of Boba and I'd love to be wrong. There's not much in this world I'd love to be wrong about more than my feeling is that if they were going to be doing a book of Boba Fett season two, it would have to be starting fairly soon, like shooting it, like within the next six to 18 months or something. I don't know. Um, they would have announced it at Celebration. When Celebration ended with no book of Boba Fett season two announcement, I was like, they're not doing it. I'll be damned. Just that, huh? All right. Cool. All right. Just... <clears throat> Five episodes of a seven-episode series about his own goddamn show, huh? Boy, howdy. Sure, still stings a little bit. Well, you know what? I'm not going to get started on it. I'm not going to keep circling back around to that this episode. But it was his own show. It was his own damn show. And there's two episodes his ass even isn't even in. Don't give me this. Well, he's, at the, he's looking at the hologram of the map in that one episode. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking at a hologram and he doesn't say a damn word. All right? Don't give me that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not this boy's P2. Mm-mm. All right, so remember how I told you there are uh, there were some multi-part voice messages? We have a three-parter, a trilogy of voice messages from Corey. Not Corey Stories, Corey. Um, this is our other buddy, uh, Corey. So let's hear what he has to say. What's up, Blue Harvest boys? Uh, this is your 
buddy from Australia, Corey. I haven't written in ages as I've got two babies now on the go. Oh, no. So just trying to get at that so I know how Will feels. Anyway, uh, yeah, guys, I'm so stoked to hear the news this week about the three new movies in the works. Your podcast just made my entire week slash month, and that's... uh, but it's something I—it's just something to really look forward to. And uh, hearing you, Halls, and Tom that excited is just like infectious. Hey, I personally think the three films across the th- the, the different timelines is a really smart plan. I, uh, I'm with you guys. Uh, I'm super pumped to see post Rise of Skywalker stories the most. Uh, secondly, Old Republic stuff. I never really cared about it, but I have a feeling I will after how it's been described by Mangold. I mean, I never really cared about Ahsoka at all, slash Clone Wars, but enjoyed her and Mando, so I'm just keeping an open mind, you know. Uh, Finally, and I hope my mind has changed, as I'm not a big Mandalorian fan, uh, I'm not really keen on Filoni's film, but again, I'll keep an open mind. Just a little bit concerned Either way, because, I mean, like he's never done a feature-length film, as far as I know. It's kind of a bit presumptuous, I guess. It's like, yeah. I mean, if you know anything about film, making a feature film is, especially Star Wars one, is like an unbelievable undertaking. Anyway, uh, Halls... Uh, there is no way Boba Fett doesn't return up, uh, doesn't return in one show or another because, uh, it's, it's pretty untapped potential, I think, uh, story-wise. Personally, I'll put money on him having a show in his prime. And you also mentioned what made you nervous about the Mangor movie. Uh, I'm, again, talking about directors, kind of concerned with this uh the director of the ray you know movie again hasn't really done anything that science fictiony or action style movie she's oh, she's done feature films she's documentarian etc etc i looked up her history but I don't think she's really even done in the same mold as that's even remotely similar as the She-Hulk show. So I'm kind of just like, well, what sort of movie are we going to get here? I don't know. I'm happy to see what's coming. It's just a bit. I figured coming out coming out the gate with a new Star Wars movie in years and years and years, I'd just pick someone who was just fit the bill perfect, you know is just gonna you gonna know what you're gonna get in respect in terms of how it's shot you know the pace but yeah look hey here's uh fingers crossed <coughs> anyway boys i better stop there i've been rambling hope you guys are all good talk real soon peace so this is what i would say right like uh you know george lucas he never directed anything on the scale of Star Wars before Star Wars, right? He did THX 1138, which obviously that's sci-fi, but it's very, like, hard art house film sci-fi type of yeah. shit, right? 
And then he did, uh, what was the movie with the fast cars and shit? American Graffiti, right? American Graffiti, yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say, you know, like I don't know that a, a director's previous work necessarily means they can't nail a Star Wars movie. Irvin Kirshner, the director of my favorite Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back. I think he, that was his first sci-fi picture, right? I, I'm pretty sure it is. He definitely did not do something on the level of Star Wars if he did do sci-fi. Mm -hmm. Like, he's got Stakeout on Dope Street, The Young Captives, Hoodlum Priest, Face in the Rain, The Luck of Ginger Coffee. You know, like, mm -hmm. I don't think any of these are, are sci-fi. So what I'm saying is, like, I wouldn't necessarily count a director's previous filmography as, like, a mark against them. Plus, in, in the... In the uh, case of the lady who's directing the next, like, the Ray movie and Dave Filoni, like, Lucasfilm has a crazy support system for their creatives, right? Like, like I remember one time listening to Kevin Smith on a podcast, and there was a moment where he was going to direct a Green Hornet movie, right? He was, uh, was going to do that and, and decided not to because he didn't consider himself much of a action director. Right? He was like, would it really be that interesting to see Cato and the Green Hornet leaning against their car talking for two hours? Because that's the kind of movies he felt he made. And then as his career went on and you know, he directed some action and like cop out. And you know, he, he also directed some episodes of some of the DC shows. He talked about like, well, if you're if you're not an action director, they have folks like that help you with that. Like they have choreographers, they have DPs. Like it's not just the director. Obviously, the director has the biggest impact in a lot of cases on the movie. This is a whole crew. Like and they Lucasfilm has got the money and resources to make sure anybody that's directing something for them has the resources they need, right? Mm -hmm. Bryce Dallas Howard. Like uh I know she directed before The Mandalorian, but once again, I don't think she's ever directed something on the level of Star Wars, and she nails it every time. So I, I'm not really worried about <clears throat> that. Um, and Filoni, the dude has been going to, like, Star Wars school for the last two decades, pretty much. <laughs> like, between Clone Wars and then, you know, when the Disney stuff started happening, like, he was... Like, most of those directors had him on set, you know, at different points. He's talked about Ryan mm -hmm. Johnson and J.J. and um, other directors, you know, having him come to set to watch the whole process. You know, he's directed some episodes of The Mandalorian. To me, it's the one that makes maybe the most sense, is that they're finally going to give him a shot at a movie, right? Uh, especially a movie that's going to undoubtedly... <clears throat> Um, hold on, throat's getting a little dry. Feature Ahsoka, right? Um, a character right. who he played a large role in the bringing into Star Wars. So, I would say, you know, all all of those directors, nothing about them uh, strikes. The only time I was worried with an announcement was the the Game of Thrones guys. I was like, oof, oof. Okay, all right, well, okay. We'll see how this goes. Now I don't have to worry about it. Um, all right, so you want to hear the second part of his trilogy? This is The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. 
there was nothing in that voicemail. Corey, buddy, it's Sounded just... like crickets. It says, sorry guys, just watched episode five of New Mando season and I thought I'd very quickly share my thoughts in pants-shitting excitement. Oh boy. All right, well, let's listen to us part three. He says, I'm sorry guys, very quick finale, third time's a charm. All right. Hello again for the third time. I just realized that Rick Famuyiwa did this episode. He should have done all the episodes. Let's be serious. Because he's the strongest director of the entire season. Series, rather. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Bye again. I'll say this. You want to know somebody who, who will, if they want to either get their whole own show to themselves or a movie, it will be him. Like, that dude is insane. He Like, when you look at the individual episodes of these shows and see the episodes he's done, like, he directed, I think, the last two episodes this season. Um, he did the episode with Bill Burr from season two mm-hmm. on the train, you know, like, with the Imperials and shit. Like, right. That dude... He's good at action sequences, well, high intensity. Yeah, and he's good at, like, just, I think, across the board. They will give oh, that yeah. dude... <clears throat> I mean, they made him... They He he got promoted to executive producer on this third season. They know mm-hmm. that dude's got the goods. He'll get a movie or his own show if he wants it. Just let him wrap up the Mando stuff. I bet you they'll keep him, you know, in on in, in their pocket for the Mando stuff once that's wrapped up. Imagine. I know it caught me off guard, but I still love Bryce Dallas Howard's episode. And I love how she leaned into it. Like, you know, you write her an episode, episode that's like a buddy cop who done it, and she was like, all right, well, you lean into it. And they damn sure did, and it was good. Listen, I think uh, she's another standout of the directors. Deborah Chow. I mean, listen, Deborah Chow is someone who knocked it out of the park with her Mandalorian episodes, and they gave her the whole damn Kenobi series, you know? So... I would love to see Bryce Dallas once again. Uh, the of the, and I'm sure I could think of more if I really said. But those are the two that really stick out of me. Stick out to me as like, yeah, they should, they should get their own whole show like Deborah Chow, or, or Rick Famuyiwa and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. <clears throat> Ooh, I, that reminds me. They put up a picture at celebration of all the directors for ahsoka and i mm-hmm. um wonder, oh i probably spelled that wrong i cannot spell ahsoka to save my life i liked her episode from the second season the samurai the seventh samurai episode kind mm-hmm. um okay that's the second season no that's, that's the, the first, first season? season that's the first season Okay, so these are the Ahsoka directors. Dave Filoni, Steph Green, Peter Ramsey. He directed an episode of Mando season three this uh, year. Jennifer Getzinger, Gita Patel, and Rick Famuyiwa. Um, so no Bryce Dallas Howard, but Rick's there. Yeah, I'm telling you, that dude's going to get whatever he wants. Just give it time because he's fucking awesome. All right, <laughs> we're going to do one more. We started with a Tom, the king of all Toms. Let's end it with Intercontinental, Tom. And then next week, Florian, Kobe, and Jacob, I promise, will get you guys and anybody else that sends in a voicemail. Uh, This is from Intercontinental, Tom. Hey, Blue Harvesters. 
This is Tom, now in Australia. Wow. I gotta say, like, Star Wars Celebration never fails to just put a smile on my face. I've only ever been to one. I went to the one in Japan in 2008. Oh. Um, but just, you know, the, the interviews, the live stage, the news, it makes me happy. Every time. Love it. Um, for me, the absolute biggest smile-inducing news was the fact that Daisy Ridley is coming back. It was always going to happen, but I genuinely thought it would be at least another 10 years or something. I just thought that all the stuff around those movies and... Um, you know, all that stuff. I thought they probably would want to let that die down and let the like the, the generation of kids that grew up with them reach having a voice on the internet age before they uh, pulled that, started to, you know, well, went back to those characters. But I am absolutely thrilled that they're not going to wait. Um, Daisy Ridley as Rey is my favorite thing in Star Wars since the original trilogy. I just think she, like she's everything that a Star Wars main character should be for me and um yeah i'm gonna have a massive just heart attack <laughs> when we get that first trailer or whatever and um, have and having her back it's so good those three uh announcements for films super solid super good now when you look back and you go like yeah it was gonna be like rogue squadron and whatever taika's doing you're like yeah, that was messy, man. That was not a plan. Both those things sound awesome, but it's not its not a way to re-kickstart the cinematic universe, is it? So, yeah, I think all those three sound super great. Um, this episode of Mando 23, you, this might be late because I know you can't get to all the, all the voicemails, but, woo, like, this, this season, it's been a bit messy. Not super focused, um, but it's had lots of good stuff. And this was, yeah, definitely at the top of the charts. <laughs> Man, what a thrilling episode. Loved, like, Rick Famuyiwa. Like, I, so his episode in season one, uh, chapter two, that's my favorite chapter of that season. I think his sense of humor really fits Star Wars. And having... Grogu with the yes no button in IG twelve. Ten out of ten. Um, yeah, Praetorian guards, man. How cool do they look? <laughs> I love the Praetorian guards in the Last Jedi, and to have these guys show up and be deadly and look amazing. Yeah, fantastic. Anyway, <coughs> pumped. Love Star Wars. Love you guys. All right, see ya. Um, you know, King, uh, King, uh, Intercontinental Tom brought up a good point about the Ray movie, right? Um, yeah. and I, and you know, I agree with him that I always thought it would be down the road. I would not have expected it to be the next movie after episode nine. Now, granted, by the time it comes out, it will have been fucking six years after that movie released, right? Um, but I thought it would just be a little further down. I didn't, I don't know about another decade. Um, because, you know, I always felt they had the, the opportunity with those characters to do something we never got 
in the original trilogy, which was see them younger post the end of their trilogy, right? Um, but I do think that shows you the overall popularity and feeling about the sequel trilogies and trilogy in a lot of ways because like if they announced it at celebration that means that shit was disney approved right and disney is in the business of making money honey right like so if disney was like nah everybody hates those movies there's no way that's going to turn a profit nobody wants to see that they would not have been announcing that movie clearly disney has enough faith in those characters and that time frame to green light it and make it the next one to approve it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, I think it'll be, I I do think it's going to be fascinating to see what it does at the box office. That's that first movie. I think it will be long enough to get a bit of a bump, a bit of a Holy shit. Star Wars is back in the theaters bump. I don't Mm -hmm. know that it will be force awakens level or Phantom Menace level. Because it hasn't been that long of a break without Star Wars, right? Um, I don't know that there will be a Star Wars movie that ever hits the box office that Force Awakens did. It's one of those like crazy box office runs that had a lot to do with the hype of it coming back after so long. The unfortunate part is that because the main character is female, there's a certain section of the fan base that's instantly going to be... Oh, well, yeah. Toxic. They don't, they don't about it. count. Oh, I know. I, I mean, like, listen, it sucks. Like, and, and I hope everybody is prepared for them to be like, oh, yeah. Mmm. Well, it's already happening, buddy. I'm sure. Oh, is it really? I'm sure yeah, in the deep, dark butthole crevice of Star Wars fandom. Yeah, there's some dudes fucking, fucking whacking off their hate boner about it. You know, fucking firing up the webcam for a YouTube video or whatever it is. Like, I just. And, and listen, I think when people push back at that or or don't let people get away with that kind of thing, I think that's admirable. Like, I, I applaud it. I can't do it anymore, man. Like, I just, like, I was getting so angry by doo-doo feces Star Wars takes that it was affecting my experience being a Star Wars fan. And I don't think we should let them get away with it by any means. I just don't know that I'm the guy to constantly be arguing with these brain dead buttheads online about why they're one, such troglodytes, you know? Yeah. One would say another effective means of invalidating them is starving them of the attention, you know, removing the oxygen yeah. just by not even Yeah, and I mean not it, even engaging with them. I think that's you know, I think it's it's all what you are personally equipped to handle right right like if if you're the person that's like you're ready for the knockdown drag out fucking internet fight with someone who is an awful person then yeah more power to you i tried like and and listen like it never did anything it never did anything no. right it never no. made anything better um it never made anything go well um like it never changed anything. Those dickheads still just went about their dickhead ways and had their mm-hmm. dickhead viewers or listeners. So it, I was just, still full of poison. Yep. Self hatred. Yep. Um. So 
that's where we're going to end it this this evening. Got a little bummery there at the end. There's been a range of bullshit. Well, you know. Um, listen, uh, leave us a review if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. Helps other people find us, right? Um, yep. Thanks to all you guys for listening. Thanks for writing in or emailing in. I promise we'll finish getting caught up next week. I got a limited time. I ain't been feeling great at all this week. I had to stop playing Fortnite last night because I wasn't feeling good. The humanity. Um, <laughs> if you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Speaking of Stoned Cobra, listen to me and our buddy Steve talk about video games on the High Potion podcast. Again, we'll be doing a live stream of our 100th episode over on the Twitch channel on April 26th at 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. And one more time, Will and I will be doing a live stream for our 400th episode um, the very next week on May the 4th at 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern, uh, 7.30 Pacific. See, this should be super easy. But even that gets me confused. So other time zones, do the math. May the force be with you. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. Will? And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>